She's the warm cup of tea on a cold September morning. She's the molten marshmallow in your before-bed cocoa. And we're two former students trying our best. This is the Soup Bone Podcast. I'm Genevieve Marvin. I'm Tiffany Sia. Today, we're talking about gifts. I think in high school, I was more attentive to gratitude for gifts that were given to me. Like, I think of for my 17th birthday, which is my golden birthday, my sister planned this entire surprise birthday party for me. And I had no idea and I came home and it was so fun. And she must have worked so hard to like find my friend's phone numbers and contact them and do all this planning. And, like, that means more to me than, like, anything bought, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's this children's book that I found recently because I was going through my parents' bookshelf. And it's called Three Cheers for Catherine the Great. And it's all about um, this girl celebrating the birthday of her grandmother and how everyone who came there wasn't told to bring no presents, a no-present birthday, but... What actually happened is when people showed up, they brought gifts that weren't material. So they brought poems or songs or dance lessons. And that made me think about how I give gifts and how I would really love to give gifts more like no presents. Yeah, I love that idea. I think this year for Christmas, I will certainly use my gift of writing poetry and give that to a lot of people in my family. I think that they would appreciate that. It's difficult, though, because receiving gifts is also kind of a little bit fraught and anxiety for me. I guess everything is. But I think that you want to have the right reaction and you want to show people that you appreciate it. But it's hard to gauge like what you should do and say because they're expecting Mm -hmm. you to say something. And if you don't say the right thing, it's... It can go badly. Like, I remember being a kid and, you know, not not necessarily liking the socks that I got one year and not giving a great reaction. My mom was upset with me and I was like, ah, I'm a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard because it's like, in some ways, receiving a gift is performative because, like, you're expected to show gratitude and that expectation like makes your gratitude somehow not genuine or like makes it really awkward. And so, I don't know, I still feel weird about giving gifts. I think um, and my boyfriend have like, we still give gifts, but I feel like we've de-emphasized them over the years. Mm-hmm. Like when we first started dating, it was like you, I was like, oh, I have to be extra. I have to like make a handmade card. I have to wrap it really nicely. And now it's just sort of like, well, that's not the point. The point is like your relationship to someone else. Um, I think of the idea from Braiding Sweetgrass about reciprocity, Mm -hmm. about like entering a relationship with someone, not as an exchange, but as the knowledge that like you're going to benefit and help each other. I feel like that's what gifts are supposed to mean, like, They're supposed to mean, you know, I acknowledge that you're important in my life. And here is a token of my gratitude and appreciation and love for you. Um, 
I don't know. What do you think about like reciprocity or like what a gift symbolizes? It's interesting for me because I think that this has really changed pretty recently for me. I used to think when I was a kid that gifts were just about like how much stuff you got, literally, like the monetary, mm -hmm. like I got an iPhone, so my dad loves me, which is ridiculous, right? <laughs> That's not a great way to think about gifts. And I don't think reciprocity necessarily means you give each other something of like equal value. I think it means that you give each other something that shows that you've really thought about what the other person needs or wants or would benefit from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like when you give gifts with reciprocity in mind, it's just healing in a lot of ways. And it erases that like expectation that you need to be grateful or like the, the feeling. Like sometimes I, when I'm gift shopping or searching, I feel like good for myself, but in a bad way. Like I'm giving a gift in order for me to feel like a good person. But like that in itself is not really how I want to feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I just, I think you can't, you can't not feel that way though. Sometimes when you're buying, like, I don't know, when you buy a great gift for someone, you're like, oh, they're going to love this. Like I got for my brother this year, he really wanted an Apple watch band like one of the ones to work out in and I got it for him and I sent him the link. I'm like, happy birthday. And I felt so good about it because it was for him. And also because I got him a good gift, you know? So it's hard to, hard to say, hard to say. Are you the kind of person who finds it easy to like match people to gifts they want or finds it hard to figure out what people want? Definitely difficult for me. Um, some people much easier than others. For some reason, I've always had an easy time picking stuff out for my brother. Not so easy for most of the other people in my life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's really hard for me to pick stuff out for my parents. Mm -hmm. Because I often come up against, well, they have what they want. And if they wanted it, they would just buy it for themselves. So how do I, as a kid give them something that isn't something they already have or could get for themselves. Yeah, and that's where the thoughtfulness comes in, definitely. Absolutely. But you also have to be careful not to get them the same thing every year, which I have been known to fall into the trap of getting my dad a coffee cup almost every year. <laughs> so many <laughs> coffee cups. <laughs> if it gets used and if it's, if it's loved. Um, a couple of years ago... Because I had so much trouble finding gifts for people or thinking of gifts, I started keeping a note in my phone. And it's just called GIFTS in all caps. And it's like people's names and stuff I think they'd want. And I just keep updating it. And I was looking at it the other day. And it's interesting because I can sort of see how my perception of my siblings has sort of changed over the years or as their interests have changed and as we've all grown. Like the things I thought they'd want three years ago are vastly different from what I think they'd want mm -hmm. now but keeping lists like that makes me think about how um we like tell others what we want and if it's okay to want things mm -hmm. yeah I mean I always feel like recently my mom had a nightmare that she forgot my birthday and she called me up the next day and was like I was so sad I thought I forgot I don't want to forget um and it was kind of funny <laughs> 
but <laughs> I also was like, well, if you don't, don't forget, and these are the things I want, and part of me felt like a little bit conceited for asking for things. I, I don't know why. Do you feel that way about asking for stuff, too? I feel like telling people what you want makes it hard to be thoughtful or hard to feel like the gift is thoughtful. But at the same time, it makes it so much easier to be grateful because it's like exactly what you want if you tell them, you know, Mm -hmm. like um, for her birthday, my sister sent my mom the exact pair of shoes which she wanted and like that was it. And then my mom bought them and it was good. (laughs) And you don't have to like go through the awkward, I don't really want this or like that doesn't really fit. Or like you, you pretend you like it and then you never wear it. And then your mom asks you, why haven't you worn the shoes I got you? Mm -hmm. You know? So I think there, I think there should be less shame around being, around asking what you want Mm -hmm. and, you know, acknowledging that people have desires and material desires and that not all of us are above that or away from that even if you sort of like wish you were mm-hmm. but yeah like I want stuff and I want like just stuff sometimes and I sometimes I just need to let myself be like yes I want to buy this I think I was I was in bed last week and I was thinking about Uniqlo and buying clothes and I was like oh I haven't bought clothes in a while I just wanted a skirt and I was like, I'm going to buy a skirt. So maybe I will go skirt shopping. But then it like, then it gets into shopping and like the black hole of shopping. I don't know what kind of shopper you Mm -hmm. are, but I, I will like browse online shops and buy nothing. Like I'm the kind of person that can go to the mall, Mm -hmm. walk around for two hours and buy nothing. And I feel like it's because I don't allow myself to like get what I want in some ways. Yeah, I feel like we would definitely be good shoppers together because I do the almost the same thing every time I go to the mall or online. Like, I will put 30 things in my cart and then I will close website later and just be like, bye, you know? Or I go to the mall and try on a bunch of different clothes and be like, oh, I don't like how this looks on me. I don't want this. I have clothes already. Like, I think it comes to now that I'm older, I have this voice in my head that's like, you already have stuff at home. Like, you don't need more or new stuff you don't need that so exactly but it's like Mm -hmm. at the same time I am materialistic and that's why I like walk around for two hours so Genevieve and I watched um first Cowboys and Friends last week and I was like not as big a fan I think as others if if that's like a fair assessment but I was into the club routine Yeah, see, yes. food is always accepted. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a pretty movie. I think it was really hard for me, the kind of person I am, to like see past some of the representations of BIPOC that I felt like were limited by the subject material, but also just made me feel uncomfy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I I thought it was a really beautiful movie. Aside from all of that, just the film style yeah, was entertaining. Sure. Yeah, it made me think about how to tell stories because it's a film where the ending is at the beginning or like the ending is already something, you know, Um, and I'm always interested Mm -hmm. in the stories like that, because I feel like like when I was younger, I was the kid who would like read the last couple pages sometimes before starting a book. (laughs) I was the bad kid. um, And. That is a very different form of experiencing a story to know the end first. I can't believe that you did that when you were a kid. 
can't imagine it. <laughs> I don't do it. Now I'm like the opposite. I don't even like watching movie trailers or reading book blurbs because that's like too much spoilers for too many spoilers for me. Yeah, I was recently talking with someone about that. Like, I don't like to know almost anything about a movie before I watch it other than the genre. And even then, like I was I began watching I'm Thinking of Ending Things this last week which is a wonderful new movie on Netflix. And I was under the impression that it was a romantic comedy. And it is not, not that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it was still enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of film and TV, uh, my partner and I just finished watching The Legend of Korra. Mm. And we really love like everything about the Avatar universe. And it was really nice spending a lot of time with him watching TV because usually our TV tastes are pretty different. Mm -hmm. So it was unusual for us to both like the same show. Um, And then I think of that time we spent together as like a kind of gift because normally we wouldn't have, (laughs) I just spent hours together. Um, but because we had a TV show we liked and wanted to watch, we would just like, I would like show up at his house in the morning and I just, we'd just watch until like the afternoon and I'd eat lunch and then we'd take breaks and chat and it was just really fun and different. That goes along with the gratitude and the thoughtfulness as well. Mm-hmm. Do you want to end with a poem? Yeah, we can. Or we can talk a little, I feel like there's more to unpack. Yeah. <clears throat> gratitude. Like one one person that I think we both agree has a lot of gratitude for the world is Roske. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roske the poet, Roske our professor. Um, I was really excited to see that he had an episode out with on one of my favorite podcast verses. Mm-hmm. I haven't I listened listening. to it yet. but I haven't either. I'm so, <laughs> it's in my queue. I'm going to listen to it later today. I have it all planned out. Mm-hmm. Um And I feel like the first time I met Ross in person, it gave me a vision of like, oh, you know, this is a much better way to live, to live with like gratitude for the world and with so much generosity for the people around you. Yeah, I remember um, us talking about this concept of gratitude and delight as well, because at one point I was going to write delights for a class we were taking together. And I asked him how he found delight in every day. And he said it's like kind of a muscle that you have to continue to work out. Like it's not something that you just do immediately. It's not something that he was just born with. He had to look for it at first. And then once you get into the habit of looking for delight, looking for gratitude, feeling happiness at things rather than bitterness or sadness at things, it happens all the time, which was really cool and nice to understand and learn. That's so true. Mm. I I do agree that it's something you have to practice. And at the same time, I've definitely been a person who downloaded gratitude journal apps before and found them really unsatisfying and unfulfilling. And I, I'm trying to think of why. And it might be because the technology itself implies some sort of optimization that like detracts from the actual practicing of gratitude 
Yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't do apps and stuff like that. I always tell myself that I will do it and then I download it and it sits on my phone for like a week and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. So I delete it. Yeah, I feel like anything to do with my phone that I download for like, for quote unquote productivity's sake makes me feel like a robot or like I'm trying to like fine tune myself in some way that doesn't feel natural or doesn't feel genuine. And it just works out much better when I'm with people or thinking or like away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something that you definitely have to decide to do on your own before you just decide that an app will do it for you. Mm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. All right. Let's end with something we're grateful for and then mm-hmm. I'll read a poem. Okay. What are you grateful for? I'm surprised I'm saying this, but I'm actually quite grateful that I'm at my parents' house for an extended period of time because I feel like I'm getting to know my family as an adult rather than as a child, and that's something I didn't really have time to do when I was um, at college. How about you? That's awesome. That's great. I think I'm actually grateful for the opposite. I'm really grateful for my sister and our opportunity to move out and live together. I am so excited to do that, and I think it will be really fun. I have enjoyed living at my parents' home, but it's definitely time for me to get out. I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. you're too close and sometimes you're too far, and it's all about knowing when to be which with family Mm -hmm. when it comes to family. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So the poem I'm going to be reading is from Blossoms by Lee Young Lee. From Blossoms comes this brown paper bag of peaches we bought from the boy at the bend in the road where we turn toward signs painted peaches. From laden boughs, from hands, from sweet fellowship in the bins comes nectar at the roadside, succulent peaches we devour, dusty skin and all. Comes the familiar dust of summer, dust we eat. Oh, to take what we love inside, to carry within us an orchard, to eat not only the skin, but the shade, not only the sugar, but the days, to hold the fruit in our hands, adore it, then bite into the round jubilance of peach. There are days we live as if death were nowhere in the background, from joy to joy to joy, from wing to wing, from blossom to blossom to impossible blossom to sweet impossible blossom. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Soup Bone Podcast. This podcast is a project of Soup Bone, a humanities collective. You can learn more about Soup Bone at soupbonecollective.com. This episode was edited by me, Tiffany Sia. Our audio engineer is Damon Pham, and our theme music was written with the help of Alec Belcher. Today's weather is the smell of laundry on a neighborhood walk.